This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. All right, let's talk quarterbacks. Uh, it's This happened in our mock. It's happened in a lot of other mocks. happened in your mocks. You, I, you had Levis sliding farther than anybody else that I've seen, all the way down to 22. Uh, the Rams trading up to get him and, and end his slide there. Most people kind of have his floor 19 to Tampa. I kind of like your approach, though, what you did with Tampa, of saying, like, yeah, they don't necessarily need to figure out quarterback now. They're just going to rebuild the roster for a couple years. Um, and be bad, and that means you get higher draft picks and can better rebuild your roster. Uh, not that they'll be great with Will Levis, but you get the point. Yeah. Um, so rather start that quarterback contract farther down the line. Uh, how has Anthony Richardson separated himself from Levis? And also kind of when you think about Levis as the fourth guy now, what's his ceiling, what's his floor? I think it's just landing spot there. And that's always with quarterbacks, right? Like, I, I, There's not a lot of people I know who have C.J. Stroud QB1, but I think he's going number one overall. Uh, because just Carolina thinks he fits them better, but uh, and that's what with Indy. I think Indy's you know Chris Ballard is one of if not the most traits driven GM with his draft track record. You know he's always chasing the highest end athletes possible, and you won't find one higher end than Anthony Richardson. Right? So that, yeah. I think that's like a fit with that. And then with Levis, it's kind of just so many guys or so many teams have got their guy, whether it's Vegas signing Jimmy G, whether it's Atlanta claiming they're in on Desmond Ritter, um, and then Seattle, Detroit just being kind of in a window, right? Like they can win now, those teams. And they have quarterbacks who maybe aren't quote-unquote franchise guys, but the, but they're close. They're like right on, that high, right on that edge of are they franchise guys, are they not? And in the NFC right now, they think they're maybe a Jalen Carter or Tyree Wilson away from maybe winning it because how, how weak the conference is. So then after that, it's like is Tennessee going to draft them is probably like one of the one spots. But I think Tennessee, truthfully, is going to stink this year. And if they're sick this year, that means they're in next year's quarterback class. So I don't see the desperation for them to go get it. And they just had kind of a developmental project guy in Malik Willis last year. So then it keeps going. And then you're, you got the Texans aren't going to take when they raise up. When you got the Jets, Patriots, Packers, Washington's like – the one where are they but i think they've said that they don't want to do this again they don't want to do this quarterback carousel thing again so then you got really a slide so um i had the rams trade enough because of obviously the fit there with liam cohen who's now back at kentucky but the oc was his oc back in 2021 when he had his best season obviously this probably talked him up to rams brass so that, that's that's how i see it, it kind of playing out no one knows though i, I think no one's 
really tipping their hand at quarterback besides obviously the Panthers because there's no reason not to for them. But uh, very, it, it will obviously dictate kind of the rest of the first round, how those play out. So Ron Rivera sat down with you guys at the combine and someone said like, oh, we have a really high draft grade on Sam Howell. And now he has gone and parroted that. He's like, I sit down and do these interviews and everyone tells me how much they love Sam Howell too. Uh, but if you, if you take... Uh, what you thought of how last year and kind of a year of progress being in a system or being in the NFL, um, obviously it'll be a different system under Biennemi, but that that prospect, what Sam Howell will be versus Will Levis, how do you compare those two? Because that's ultimately the question Washington is going to be asking if Levis is on the board. I had Howell's QB1 last year's class. Now the ultimate PFF board, after I got together with everyone, I seeded to them and put Malik Willis ahead of him, but... I thought his tape was awesome. I think his tools are awesome. I just think the offense he was in and sort of, uh, you know, and the fact that it really didn't teach him how to play quarterback and the fact that he's six foot tall, which is still, you know, an issue for a lot of guys in the NFL were the big things holding him back. And, and truthfully, the false the fifth, but he really wasn't a, he wasn't a fifth round. I don't care who you were evaluating his tape. He was much better than that. It's just quarterback is kind of a binary thing where some teams will, some teams won't draft one. Uh, and so he falls to the end of the pack. I think the tools are there to be, again, like a high-end NFL starter. His deep ball is as good as I've seen in this year's class or last year's class on tape at North Carolina. That was his bread and butter. And you saw in the, like, the start he had at the end of the year was throwing some dimes in there down the football field. Uh, so I just think he was a guy who really needs to get acclimated to the NFL game and glad he got some reps in last year. So I, I would – I would not, if I'm, you know, staring between him and Will Levis and with Will Levis, you're obviously going to have to, you know, you're kind of, I don't want to say giving up on Sam Howell, but it's, uh, you're, you're having, you only get so much practice time to develop two guys. You need both those guys to make, to get serious developmental time in. I just think it's probably, you got to choose one or the other. You can't have two guys in that kind of mold on one roster. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because, you know, like Will Levis is kind of that bigger, you know, arm strength's probably similar, kind of that he gets a lot of Josh Allen comparisons, which I hate because it's like Josh <laughs> Allen's is like, he's the outlier, you know, he's the unicorn. Yeah. It's like, so, but I mean, like, is there a world where they take him at 16 and you would be like, I get it? Or is it like, it just doesn't make sense with Sam Hill on the roster? If they So they, they know how better than I do, right? Like they've seen yeah. him, they know what they got in some way, shape. And I think a lot of the reason he fell last year was, was because of his injuries and because of how he just basically, like, I heard people, like, didn't was not good on a whiteboard coming out. Like, flat out didn't know a lot of stuff. And obviously some of that's, like, just what he was asked to do at North Carolina. So they know the development he's made over the past, you know, eight months. And if he really hasn't, and they do draft a Will Levis, that's, you know, obviously a damning sign for a guy like Sam Howell. So I wouldn't hate – I will never blame a team for taking more shots at quarterback when you don't have a quarterback. It's – uh it's the most valuable position. You're not going to win with, you know, a below average quarterback in today's NFL. Just flat out will not win a Super Bowl. So if we have that, if you don't have an above average one, take as many chances as possible. So I wouldn't blame them. Again, it's just, it would be an indictment of Sam Howell then if it did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, for sure, 100%. Another thing that the Washington Commanders need is probably a little bit of linebacker depth. This year's linebacker class is unique to say the least, right? There's kind of like two guys who can come in and play a lot, I think, right away. Um, interesting in your mock, you kind of had 
I, I think Henley's your number one guy on your 150 board. Jack Campbell goes first, and Henley's like your third guy off the board. Can you talk about that position group, why you made that switch from the big board to the uh, mock draft? And then are, are there some guys later in the draft that you think could fill a need, uh, potentially start for Washington? Yeah, so with this linebacker class, it's not good. You, you call it the unique. I'd call it bad. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just not. like So uh, Henley and Campbell, though, I think Campbell's your safest linebacker pick on this draft. He's very reminiscent of like Logan Wilson coming out as a prospect, in my opinion. I like that comp, yeah. Where he's just like, he's good at a lot of different things. Is he great at anything? Probably not. Um, but you're getting a good linebacker who's going to finish plays, who's good tackling. And so if you're the commanders and you know you could use some security at that position, you chase the high end of Jamin Davis, and it's been a roller coaster so far. You could use a guy next to him that you just feel good about. Uh, so that would be the guy I would put a pin in and be like, that's, you know, one guy I'd really want for them. And especially in the weak linebacker class. After at 48? That, like, would you take him at 48? I'd take him at 48. It's 45 yeah. in the PFF draft board. So I, yeah. I'd take him there for sure. Do you um, think he sneaks into the first round? Sorry to cut you off. Because I know no. I've seen some mocks where he's like, you know, going to the Bills at 23 or something. That would surprise me. Uh, yeah. That would very much surprise me. I just don't think he fits the traits profile. Oh, first round linebacker. But – so he, that, that's him. Henley is probably the best coverage player at the linebacker position in this draft. He's just the most refined already. And, and he's a tremendous tackler, too. Uh, super twitched up dude, but he's 225. And so that's already, you know, he's never going to be a take-on guy. He plays around blocks. He's your weak side linebacker um, in a defense. And you're kind of the guy who you'll kick out over the slot and whatnot. That's that's his role. Um but I think he's damn good at that. And for you know, being a former quarterback, former wide receiver, like he knows how route concepts get put together and where his eyes need to go for the next thing. So I, that's why I stopped linebacker on the PFF board because I think that's a super valuable skill set. But even he is not the athlete that, say, Trenton Simpson is from Clemson, who's just unbelievable physically. Like his testing is on par with, you know, like a guy like Joey Porter. Like he truthfully – his best position may even be cornerback, like a man system, because he is so gifted athletically. Mm. Um, and then Drew Sanders is kind of your off-ball blitzing type. I, I would not recommend drafting Drew Sanders unless you have a plan to rush the passer with him around 10 times a game, because that's the skill set that he brings to the table that's just unique, and that he's a former edge rusher, really comes downhill with authority and knows how to beat blocks. Is just a guy who, when he's out in space, he still looks kind of like a former edge rusher. So there's that's kind of the top. That's like the four linebackers that'll come off the board somewhere, either maybe sneak in the first round somewhere on day two. I would be surprised if we really see anyone else uh, in that mix of a top 75 pick. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So the thing with linebacker for Washington that I struggle with is what exactly are they looking for? Because Davis, roller coaster for sure, but 
that roller coaster finished on a nice climb by the end of last year. Like he really played well at the end of the year and he was doing it at Mike linebacker, calling the signals with the green dot, everything. So are you comfortable with him there moving forward and you're trying to find someone to play next to him? And by the way, they're probably only going to play two most of the time. Like sure, they might go back to having a, a base defense more this year if they have some guys they feel can fit that Sam spot, but they'll probably just play most of the nickel and Buffalo nickel type of stuff. Or are you looking to kick Jamin back to a weak side player where you can just run and hit uh, and and getting a guy who can call signals? And I, I just, I maybe you do that depending on who's available to you. If you really like one of the guys in the draft that fits one of those spots and you kick Jamin and position flex strikes again. But I would think that you would prioritize putting Jamin where you want him because you spent a first round pick on him two years ago. Yeah, the only guy I would say would you serve him as the mic would be Campbell in this class. Everyone else I'd rather have the weak side position. Yeah, I was about to say, because there's some guys later that are kind of these high upside plays on your list. You know, Dorian Williams from Tulsa, um, Overshone from Texas. Um, Marty Mapu, I think, is a safety, but he'll probably yeah. play, I think, probably will linebacker. Like, can you talk a little bit about those guys? Because I think that's kind of where Washington's going to pick. I think in your mock, you did a really good job of kind of finding players that they need and filling I don't say needs because they've did a good job for agency but I think more players of higher positional value and I think they're going to fall unfortunately into these kind of guys at linebacker can you talk a little about them and what you think about them and then because to me these are all will linebackers kind of to your point yeah I mean all of them were sub 230 I believe at the combine for their pro days um, all, all are coverage first run and hit not take on players. Now, the interesting one of that group was to me is Dorian Williams because uh, he's got a unique physical build. Like he's got some of the broad So you said shoulders. unique too. You said unique. There's some unique well, stuff there. Yeah, one he, guy. He, he's got and, like a 6'10 wingspan. This I know. He's, um, and he's fast too. He plays like he a is. safety kind of, you know. he's Yeah. And I think he turns his hips really well and runs down the field. So he's like a true weak side guy. He's top 100 player on the PFF board. Overshone's a little bit more uh, – just sloppy i'll say yeah like, like edge rusher like he like kind of reminds me of like a less good sanders you know what i mean like kind of yes. more comfortable blitzing yeah. and that kind of stuff yeah yeah he just like when he gets going at full speed those are his best reps but when he's kind of having to play you know kind of in a silo where he's got to just kind of play flat-footed you see him the wheels turning he just doesn't know what's going on so right. he's is it interesting though athlete uh for sure uh the one guy that i would uh, like a lot as like a pure weak side guy who reminds me a lot of malcolm rodriguez is ivan pace jr from cincinnati get uh, out of here I, I was gonna ask you about this specifically man you gotta you gotta <laughs> sell me on this i need a good pitch I, I mean he's fast i think he went four six one in his pro day but at the senior bowl he had the fastest gps time he's also like five six and he is five ten <laughs> um he's not you know again he's not a not gonna play man coverage with this guy he's just he's gonna get his arms how long are his arms mike i think they were 30 inches on the dot or maybe a little bit more than that. i thought they, they were, were like 48 or something like that no yeah. no they, they weren't that but he's he's got a six foot wingspan which would make okay. him the i think rodriguez was even just a little bit longer in terms of his wingspan so one of the <laughs> lowest but man he as a pure run and hit there's few guys in this draft play he's certainly physical dude um but he's probably more better for like a pure blitzing scheme just because he's he's got to be protected and coverage that guy 
And I will say they do a lot of coverage with the linebackers here. Can you talk about Marty? What's his yeah. name? Marty Mapu? Is that right? Because I, I yeah. when, when I watch his film, tore his I like, I love him. Oh no! Did he really? Yeah. No, it's terrible. He just tore his back last week. So yeah, he tore his back. He was probably fringe top hundred guy prior. Um, yeah. Tore his back. He played. He played like the overhang role for Sacramento State and some safety. It was not a linebacker, but like physical enough that you're projecting that linebacker, even though he's, I think, 216, but just real smooth and like the change of direction ability that is difficult to coach. And then to me with size, um, it obviously matters at linebacker, but it's more play style. And that's a lot of positions, right? It's it's how physical do you play? Are you are You, you could be 240 and be soft as hell uh, in the run game. And you can be 215 like Darius Leonard and still be an impact player in the run game. So, um to me, he, he trends more towards the latter, where he, he comes and wants to hit guys. And so, again, he, there's things you still can't do at that size, but very intrigued by him again, though. The torn pack is probably going to knock him pretty far down board sure. because yeah. that, that basically takes him out of your